You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast, the only podcast where we unpack the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. My name is Joel. Welcome to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Joel, and today I have a very, very special guest again on the podcast because at one point we recorded this and I forgot to hit record, but it was a fantastic conversation. And so we said, hey, let's have that conversation again. And so that's what we're doing today. And I am talking with Michelle Nizat. She's the host of More Than a Song podcast. And so if you have not heard of that podcast, please, before you do anything else today, please go subscribe to her podcast because her whole goal is just to inspire her listeners to discover and meditate on God's word. And she wants them to do that through through the songs that you're already listening to on the radio. She's been creating a, a new podcast episode every single week since 2014. So that is huge. That's big time right there. And she's been taking songs that you already are often listening to. And she wants to point you the listener back to God's word. So her, her podcasts are not an edit, editorial on the song, like how we used to do and still do sometimes on this podcast, where we will break down the merit and the rhyme and, uh, you know, what's the structure like and that, that kind of thing. No, she, she just really wants the song to be a springboard to move the listener to explore scriptures and, and get into God's word and, and letting scripture speak loud, louder than any lyric. Uh, and Michelle is also the wife of Ron for 24 years. Congratulations. And oh, the mother thanks. of two teenage girls, Emily and Meredith. And like I said last time when we recorded this, every time I hear someone talk about teenage girls, I think about Lucy and Nora and I just think I am not ready. <laughs> you are not ready. Trust me. My <laughs> oldest just graduated high school and on Saturday and uh, as we're recording this and it's been a big, a big month over here in the Nizat house. Oh my gosh. That's insane. I can only imagine like graduating high school oh. <laughs> then they go off to college oh no <laughs> they become their own person i know well, imagine uh, that <laughs> imagine that that's what people do well it once again um we had a great time i want to tell the listeners we had a wonderful time as much as it was embarrassing for me to not record it we had <laughs> it was really such, fun it was really fun we had such a good time talking and um that we we were not uh bent out of shape to record again and so today we're going to be t- taking a look at the song uh, Christ the true and better. And Michelle, why don't you, like we did last time, why don't you just open us up about this, this song? What's the, what's really great about this song and, and what stands out to you? Well, and one of the reasons I was willing to come back on, thank you so much for having me, by the way, and twice and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) not to rub it in, but, uh, one of the reasons why, um, well, you, you, you threw out a couple of songs to me and this one, I just said, oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. This particular song over all the others, because, um, the the lyrics point us directly to scripture as you said in the intro i'm really more about scripture to me the song is the springboard and also the resource or the tool in our tool belt to help us remember what we've studied so instead of letting the song become our scripture we use it as a resource to help us remember the scripture that we've already studied yeah. so as i looked at the lyrics i was like oh my goodness for, for one thing, it points directly to scripture. I think even a new believer could kind of say there are people mentioned here, Christ and Adam. I could right. go study those. I could study Adam. 
I could, I could look up and see where in scripture Adam is mentioned and learn a little bit more about him. Even if you're a brand new believer, um, or even Isaac or Moses or David, or these, these characters or these people in the, I don't like to call them characters because they're not fictional, right? They're people, right. real people that lived real lives in the, in the Bible, but the, these people are listed. And so I can see that, but from, um, from a real deeper perspective, <clears throat> the, uh, the, the lyricists have have really identified this grand story of scripture, this that the Old Testament is not disjointed from the New Testament, that all of the verses, all of the stories, all of the accounts, um, all of the songs, all of the prophecies, everything mm. has been interwoven into this grand what you know, fancy people call the meta narrative or the big grand story of scripture. And so mm. I really love that because I feel like it makes um, some seemingly disjointed areas of scripture come alive. And I think a lot of times too, if you've never sat down and read it from cover to cover, which it's a big daunting task, yeah. then maybe you don't realize that it's connected in these great ways. So this song highlights the connection, the grand Amen. story of scripture. That's what I love about it. Yeah. You know, when you look at, so if you look online, so the song was written by Keith and Kristen Getty and Matt Boswell, Matt Papa, the song came from a line in one of Matt Papa and Matt Boswell's songs called Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery, where they just say, Christ the true and better Adam. And it's it's basically um, this, this like you said, a meta-narrative. This uh, They say on the, the website, the lyrics go through different biblical figures, Adam, Isaac, Moses, and David, and, and compare them to the figure of Jesus and how he accomplished what others could not, right? It's all about how Christ accomplishes what others could couldn't. And a lot of it also, a lot of the language is also borrowed from Tim Keller's sermon uh, from the Gospel Coalition uh, 2007 conference, where he he said the same thing. He said, Jesus is the true and better Adam, Jesus is the true and better Abel, Jesus is the true and better Abraham, Isaac. I mean, he goes through Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Job, David, right? So he's walking through all these different biblical figures, and then he says how Jesus is the true and better. And I think there actually, as a result of that too, there, there was this um this kind of animated video that was spread around and a lot of people used it for Easter services. I know my church did. Um, yeah, and they did that too, like where it walked through the different Jesus is the true and better. Uh, and that was just a really cool depiction of of what Tim Keller was saying and what scripture was ultimately been talking about and how Christ accomplished what these people could not. Um, so without further ado, though, let's let's just start breaking through this um, this song because there's a, quite a few stanzas. And last time we, <laughs> we talked about this, it took us an hour. Uh, I'm totally fine talk, talking about it for another hour. Uh, let's just see where it takes us. Let's see. Ooh, I love sometimes, that. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> words. I like to use a lot of words sometimes. So, <laughs> hey, and I appreciate it because you were very well spoken. So, oh, thanks. Please take a stab at uh, verse one. So um, Christ, the true and better Adam, son of God and son of man, who when tempted in the garden, never yielded, never sinned. He who makes the many righteous brings us back to life again. Dying, he reversed the curse, then rising, crushed the serpent's head. I mean, just read that. <laughs> it's just so amazing. But the thing that draws me in is I'll tell you that Christ is the true and better Adam. And I could, you know, I really do love, I, I did kind of see clips of, or read clips of Tim, Timothy Keller's sermon. And um, my concern with a sermon like that is it assumes a great deal of, um, it assumes a great deal of understanding of what the scripture is saying. Yeah. And so um, the, uh, 
so you too. So I like to use it as a springboard to go back to scripture. So let's go read about Adam. So it's going to draw me into Genesis chapters one, two, and three, where I can see where Adam is created, what he was designed, what he was created for, what he was designed for. And then how, um, his, you know, how Eve felt to temptation. And then he fell to, uh, uh, Eve's suggestion to fall into temptation with him. And, you know, we see that in the garden. So then we go, okay, well, Christ, the true and better Adam. And it, like, where do we get this idea that Christ is supposed to be compared to Adam? Hmm. Well, that's found in Romans chapter five, where specifically the author of Romans says that Adam, who was a type of the one to come hmm. in Romans five fourteen. So right there you say, oh, okay. So scripture wants us to compare Jesus and Adam. You see what I'm saying? So this is not yeah. just something thing some some sermon guy you know uh, brought forth but scripture itself wants us to compare them and so then i would go and read um in romans chapter 5 and study and meditate over there and see what it says and how it compares and contrasts adam with our christ with adam and so, you know, specifically we see jesus being tempted he wasn't tempted in a garden he was tempted in the wilderness originally by uh, the same tempter that tempted Adam and Eve. And um, so you could compare those. You could go to that section and see the temptation of Adam and Eve versus the temptation of Christ. You could also compare his experience in the garden, right? Before he uh, willingly uh, relented to the will of God, uh, as opposed to what Adam and Eve did, which was elevate their will over the will of God. Mm. And so um, then you go back, you read, 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 and you study and you meditate. So I really, I think sometimes um, I try to tell my listeners, stop reading, stop reading the Bible. <laughs> and mm. you, you just, you kind of what, what, what? Uh, I really want you to start uh, interacting with it. I want you to start meditating on it. I think sometimes we read it, we check the box, we're done, but we, we, we don't take the time to interact with it, to make a checklist, a, a comparison contrast chart, maybe, um, you know, I had a, um, oh, I had a, I had a friend in a Bible study one time, they were new believers and they came back with a Venn diagram, right? Ooh. So they, it was awesome. I, yeah. I'm just talking about it. I'm thinking that would be really good. Let's put all the characteristics of Adam that you can see in one circle. And then all these characteristics of Jesus in the same circumstances, right? In like the, uh, the temptation or a garden circumstance, what do you see there? And then where's the crossover? You know, where do those two circles cross over and see? It was just, it, so there's so many different things that you could do to interact with God's word, yeah. let it really sink in. Then when you sing, Christ, the true and better Adam. See, I've been meditating on this for a while, so I can verbally tell your listeners it's really great, but they're not going to experience the same kind of um, scenario unless they've spent some time in the word and then come back and sing these, these lyrics. And yeah. then it just really, it releases, there's a power that releases um, using the music to remember what you've studied. And you know, that's okay. One incredible, great job Two. Uh, the the problem that you arises though, as you're saying that, is immediately it, that bucks up against you know. So playing the devil's advocate here, that bucks up, up against my. I don't have the time. That sounds like a lot of work, Michelle. I have to sit. So you're saying I have to possibly do a Venn diagram. I have to sit down and actually let the word speak to me, rather than just kind of quickly reading through a psalm or a proverb for the day. I mean, you're telling me I have to actually devote time to reading in and digesting the scripture but yeah i'm telling you get to <laughs> Ooh, there it is. Yes. Amen. I'm telling you, you get to because I think what happens is we don't know how to. And then as we begin, then we see the richness of it. 
Mm. I mean, you've got two little girls. If they had their their druthers, what would they rather eat tonight? You know, pizza or broccoli, ice cream. Right. And so can they have that? Of course they can, but not for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Mm. And so I think and I think you mentioned that on a podcast recently, you know, where you compared it to food and steak dinner and this and that. But I just think that um, we need to change our mindset. It's not a have to. It's a get to. This is, you know, this is the revealed word of Mm. God. This is where he shows us who he is. And then we get to know him in a real and personal way. These are not words on a page. This is not an academic pursuit. I know I said Venn diagram and some people just checked out, but I'm just, you can use academic um, study skills to be able to interact with God's word, but this is not an interactive pursuit in the end. The pursuit is, is him. Mm, amen. And it's worth it. Yes. And, and that's the other thing too, to think about is you don't have to simply look at scripture as beating your head over over the Bible, right? Of of digesting scripture. Exactly what even we're doing today could be something that you could fill your devotional life with, right? Sitting down with a song like Christ the True and Better and following someone's guidance like Michelle and she's saying, hey, take some time, look at these lyrics and just do a Bible study on the first verse of Christ the True and Better and just let that take over your mind and let the Holy Spirit speak to you that way because the Holy Spirit's going to say, hey, you know how when it says, he who makes the many righteous brings us back to life again, dying, he reversed the curse, right? The curse from the serpent and then crushing, rising, he crushed the serpent's head. It's going to take you to, to Genesis. It's going to take you to Romans five eighteen, where it says, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, that's Adam. So one act of righteousness, Christ, leads to the justification for all, for life, for all men, right? I mean, that's, that's what this song That's is. That's good stuff right there. Exactly. I, just, I mean, why why do you why you consider that a have to? I just I get excited about that. Exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean to get No 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 no, you don't know you're fine. And I think that's that's the thing that you're going to have to you're going to have to reconcile in your mind as the, as the listener is is what's the thing that takes precedent in your life? Is it your comfort or is it your holiness and godliness and your righteousness and your enjoyment of the Lord, right? It's it's if you think God is simply a barrier, an obstacle to your enjoyment, then you're always going to look at scripture as a have to, right? You're going to look at devotional times and reading the Bible every day as a have to. If you see God, not not even just as a, well, if I read the scripture and I follow the Lord, I'll have a better life, which you will. I mean, technically you actually will have a better life because you'll be living in righteousness and in, in his will, but even more so as a as a source of joy and of sustenance and, a, and an, of of um fervor for actual life like real life not just this american life right i mean if you see him as that then you'll see scripture as michelle is saying as a springboard to greater and greener pastures in him right it's not god saying hey i don't want you to to eat at this pasture you need to come over to this one it's not as fun but you know it's better for you right no it's actually this is where the true life happens in me and so I think that's so true. And I, I think that was uh, so pertinent to say, it's not that you have to, it's that you get to. Amen. Well, and I would say, I think a lot of your listeners are probably worship leaders or because um, that's something that you've done in the past and or songwriters and mm-hmm. things like that. So I would imagine that you attract many people that are like you, they're interested in those kinds of things. And so my challenge to the worship leader or to the songwriter is to, especially like a worship leader who isn't necessarily writing the songs, they're just singing them. Um, but 
they're leading in worship. They're leading the people in, to the very presence and throne room of, of the father. And so how can you do that singing a song that you really don't know what it means yep. or that you haven't spent time really connecting in a deep way, even, even really like, this is obviously a very, you know, this is a, you know, five course meal, uh, in this particular song. Uh, but <laughs> yes. there are other songs that are, are, you know, maybe the appetizers or something like that, but there's still really great truth in the mm. things that you're singing. And so if you're singing about surrender, but you haven't studied to understand what scripture says about surrender, if you haven't yeah. read, um, you know, a, a, a character profile, for example, in, in God's word of someone who has surrendered or lived a life of surrender or had a moment of surrender where you could really connect with that. Um, that's what I challenge, you know, uh, worship leaders and especially songwriters be in the word so that what comes out of in your songwriting sessions is scripture. It's so that it, it infuses um, the truth in, in what you're writing, but that these are the things. And then even as uh, the challenge to the, to the audience member, who's maybe not on a stage and not leading, but when you're singing the songs, do you even know what you're singing? And so, mm. um, I, um, <clears throat> recently I did a women's conference where I, I studied, we studied the song of Moses or the song of deliverance after they had passed through, uh, the red sea. And so, um, uh, that's I've just been in there. I've been in Exodus one through 15 and, you know, 16. And, and so I had been studying and soaking and writing and talking and things like that. And so every song that has anything, which almost all of them, a lot, a lot of songs really do uh, reference the Red Sea experience. It, yeah. it, it has come alive for me now. So even a, a simple phrase in a song that, that kind of alludes to that moment brings back all the things that I'm, that I have studied or that I have um, really pondered on. And then mm. see, and then see that right now we haven't even talked about us yet. <laughs> we're it's talking true. about Adam and we're talking about Christ. Mm. And I think we need to remember that first and foremost, the Bible is not about us. Amen. But can we get to that place where we say, okay, well, now that we have really settled in this truth, now what do we do with it? Well, we're tempted, you mm. know? And so we look to not to Adam and go, look, we're better than him. We didn't, you know, fall into that trap. We just send a little, we didn't, you know, I don't know what we say uh, to justify our own <laughs> sin, but um, you know, the, this reminds us that we look to Christ who is the ultimate fulfillment, the ultimate example, mm. who was the plan all along and realize that we are way more like Adam than we are like Christ. But here's the, you know, here's the beauty you said, um, he, it says in verse 15 of Romans five, the free gift is not like the trespass No, yeah. for many died through one man's trespass. And then, and it goes on to say, but the free gift by the grace of Jesus abounded for many. Mm. And so it's like this, it's, it's all better it, in, in Christ. It's all better. That pasture that you think is keeping you away from whatever those greener grasses are. Mm. It's, it's not keeping you away from anything. It's better. It's not like it at all. You, you've been duped <laughs> to you. think that, that it's that what is on the other side or, or what, what, um, a life of sin is better, somehow better. It's just not Christ is the true and better everything scripture Amen. specifically points us to some some people that were types or shadows of, of what was to come but he's come like we don't have to 
Um, I, I, I listened to a, a message one day where they were talking about how, like, if, if you have a, a father who's a soldier and you have FaceTime, praise God for FaceTime. You can yeah. see them on the screen. But if they're home from the war, you're not going to FaceTime them from the kitchen to the living room. You're mm. going to go sit with them. Wow. Well, Jesus has come. We, we don't need the type. You know, the type tells us that the story was planned all along. That's the big idea that we're coming out of. But yeah. we have the real thing in front of us. And so and he wants and he wants a, he wants a relationship with us. Amen. And he wants us to respond to him. Mm. Great gospel message right there. That was wonderful. Thank you very much for that. That was good. I was sorry. I was just I was just enjoying that. Uh, but that's another thing that when you think one of the things you touched on was that you have to you need to know what you're singing. But the other part is your church needs to know what you're singing. So we even you know you kind of hinted at it. Some songs like this song are just rich. I mean they are so chock full of truth and allusions and biblical allusions. And those those are not bad songs. Those are really good songs. But they also can be a a lot to handle for a church that's not prepared and even for a worship team or a worship leader that's not prepared. So if you, let's say you're doing your homework, okay, and you understand all the different illusions and you're really excited to teach this to your church, but you save teaching them about this song until the Sunday that you do it. I mean, there's a, there's so like, we're, we're already 20 minutes in and we've only talked about the first verse, right? There's, there's so much to talk about this and yet you're going to, save it till Sunday. I mean, you need to be prepping your church, especially when you do songs like this. Prep your church throughout the week to say, hey, this is what verse one talks about. And then the next day, this is what verse two talks about. And then the next day, this is what verse three talks about, right? Really prep them so that, like you said, they can let the word of Christ uh, dwell, dwell with them richly, right? And then when they get there on Sunday morning, they, it's a, a way better experience in the right way because they're experiencing the truth made uh, made real in the person of Christ shown in this song, right? You're saying, okay, wow, so that's that's how Christ was hinted here, and that's how Christ was hinted there, and that's that's what this song talks about, and wow, that's how this connects. And so their their experience isn't an experience of lights and sound and emotional highs. It, it's an experience of, wow, I see connection in my faith, not just through God and me now, but through God and His people and in Christ throughout all of history, right? And so now this this is a true experience, right? So you're actually having a true and better experience, no pun intended, <laughs> because, thank you, because you're you're actually doing the right thing, right? And you're doing, and, and we've said it, it's not easy, but you're doing the right thing. You're, you're doing homework before Sunday morning, which we should do. We should look forward to Sunday morning, not just in the sense of we get to sing together, but we get to to, to sit under the word. And so we should be prepping ourselves for that. And if the church has reading plans and studies to do before your Sunday, you should be engaging in those so that you are ready and, and, and able to engage as best as possible on a Sunday morning. I mean, I used to sing on a praise team. I'm mediocre at best, but <laughs> I would, um, but I would, so therefore I would have to practice a lot, you know, because I was, um, uh, second soprano. And so sometimes Ooh. it's not just, uh, you know, the, maybe the harmony was a little bit, didn't come as naturally to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would over and over and over, listen to the song over and over and over again to get the right harmony. And I would find myself really focusing on the harmony more on than on the words. And so what I wanted to do was practice it enough so that I could really worship while mm. I was on the stage. Amen. And so, um, but that I'm willing to do that, but I'm not willing to, you know, Pop off of Facebook for a few minutes and read Genesis one through three and Romans five, mm. and maybe and maybe take some notes on it, or go to lunch with someone. Like don't don't do this. Don't do it in a way that you don't like it. 
yeah. find a way yeah. that you like it. I listen to audio versions of the Bible as I'm putting on my makeup in the morning. Um, do that. So do or, I. I mean, you know, really or go go have lunch with a friend and say, look, you read Genesis one through three in Romans five. I'll read Genesis one through three in Romans five. And let's talk about it. What's coming out for us, Amen. you know, and and just have coffee and and talk about it. And All so right. um, the coffee Sorry. is key, of course. Yeah, but I just yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, share with a friend. Do, try ways. You know, if like I said, a Venn diagram just makes you see stars and want to turn off the podcast. Just be creative. Be creative. Try yeah. different ways to interact with God's word. It's just worth it. It just Amen. really is. All right. So let's let's unpack verse two. I want to keep us going. I want to get verse two in before we break and have a to do another okay. podcast. All right. So unpack verse two. So if I were to take verse two, Christ the true and better Isaac, humble son of sacrifice, who would climb the fearful mountain there to offer up his life, laid with faith upon the altar, father's joy and only son, their salvation was provided. Oh, what full and boundless love. <laughs> so much. Um, Isaac is really, you could um, look up Isaac in the um, Old Testament. He's, he's really not mentioned very much. So you could easily, like we're going to get to Moses and David and there's whole books and chapters and things yes. like that. That would be a little bit more daunting, but Isaac's pretty easy. But, you know, God's will was, uh, Isaiah says God's will was to crush his son. So this was not again, plan B. Um, Isaac, uh, like Isaac, Jesus does not rebel. Like Isaac, Jesus carries the wood. Like Isaac, God provided the lamb, except mm. unlike Isaac, Jesus was the lamb. And so um, there are things in John and Luke and I, in Genesis chapter 22, where you could really read the 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 what they're alluding to here in this verse about Isaac and his father, you know, being led up to the mountain, um, and God asked Abraham to to sacrifice his only or his own son. It wasn't his only son, but it was only son of promise. Yeah. And so you go up and you see this. It was like a son of promise. If you read from Genesis, um, uh, <clears throat> it through chapter twenty-two about Abraham and all of the journey that it took to get to this place, then you would begin to see. The great love, um, the great sacrifice, the the angst that that Abraham had already gone through to get to this point, and then God's going to ask him to sacrifice his son. It's amazing that he was he he had such faith that either he it says later that that he believed that maybe God had that maybe God would raise him from the dead, you know, and that he would um, he would sacrifice him, but that God would somehow make it right because he trusted the promise so much. It's amazing. It's it's amazing as you read and study scripture about who Isaac was and kind of that story. And then you see that Christ is the true and better Isaac. So that's where I would, you know, you could just take literally these, just these aspects that they tucked into the lyrics. Of course, that's not all that's there, but you know, this idea of sacrifice, this mountain that he would climb up, that he offered up his life, um, that he was laid with faith upon the altar. And then ultimately, you know, Christ really was risen, was raised from the dead. God did mm. raise him from the dead. So, Amen. um, and so you just have this salvation was provided. Of course, in, in Isaac's story, the salvation was, um, a ram in the thicket. And, yeah. and so he, he didn't have to give his life in that moment, but, um, Christ did. And so, uh, but salvation was provided through the resurrection and, um, conquering death in that moment. So again, you would just go back and you would read kind of like that story of Isaac and how he came to be. And then, you know, cause I think a lot, especially even new believers are, they spend a lot of time in the new Testament. So maybe, you know, more, a little bit more about, um, Jesus in his life. But if you, yeah. if you don't, then, you know, pick a gospel, pick one of the gospels. You can pick Mark. He, he gives you the highlights, you know, he's, he's kind of like the cliff's notes of the gospels. He really and, is. Um, you know, and, and really get through that so you can understand Christ's story yeah. and then compare the two. It's beautiful. Really. Amen.
Well, so since we're already at pretty pretty much where you and I will uh, end our podcast, typically we don't typically go past thirty. Uh, let's let's end here, and we'll pick up on our next podcast, which will be next week. Uh, but for us immediately after I say we're done uh, and we'll go through the course we'll go through verse three and verse four and, and give our thoughts at the end uh, but thank you so much Michelle already so many so many good thoughts and already once again just such a great conversation unpacking what I think is just such a like even even if you don't do this for your church even if you just do what we're doing right now you don't even sing it you just go through the words and unpack this for yourself I mean how rich is has our conversation already been just looking at the words and then looking at what it says where the scripture is and what the illusions are. And then we see the connection and we see how God has woven this thread. I mean, it's just been beautiful to me just to even look at it like that, not even singing it. Right. So, uh, yeah. So thank you again, Michelle, for being on this podcast. Don't worry if you guys want to hear more from her. We're going to have another episode next week where we unpack the second part, uh, the second half of the song. But also, if you guys want to, like I said, follow her at More Than A Song Podcast. Uh, and you also have a Facebook page for that uh, as well, right? Correct. I'm on yeah. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. There you and go. And then uh, at Michelle Nizet. There you go. So please follow her, subscribe to her podcast. It is, it's so wonderful, man. If you are, are enjoying just what we're talking about and how we're talking about this song right now, that's what she does. And it's, it's already refreshed me. And this has been the second time that we've talked about it. And I'm refreshed again. And so if that's the case, if I'm refreshed twice, then I'm sure that you can bank on being refreshed every time her, uh, she talks about a song in her podcast. So go listen to that. And then if not, hey, check out our podcast next week when we talk about the second half. But thanks again, Michelle. And thank you guys. <laughs>